0: Hello and welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than candle in the wind. My name's Ash Rose, your host and guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And it's another mini episode for you this week, dropping slightly later than I planned. Uh, it's have been a very strange old world this past week, isn't it? With the sad passing of the Queen. Uh, but we are bringing it to you. We're still alive and kicking. It's maybe September, but I'm still bringing it to you. We're still going through uh, these plethora of interviews that I've managed to, to coop together of some of the players from the famous 1992 Alive and Kicking advert that we all love so much that uh, there's a podcast based on it, of course, (laughs) yes. So, yeah, bring you another episode of that today. Uh, And today's As We Go, as I keep saying in these mini-episodes, we're doing a classic left or right on that team photo. So last time on Steel Alive and Kicking, we spoke to Ian Brightwell. Uh, Today's episode, slightly shorter, but a little snippet for you of somebody else from that picture. It's Norwich City's Ian Brightwell. Butterworth who is their Canaries representative in that photo and um, we talked to him uh, about the advert of course um, but Norwich's season as well because that was a very memorable season for Norwich City in the title race for most of the, com- the campaign for 1993 um, before slightly falling away at the end as well and then obviously that led to the following season and that famous night in Munich um, as well as that kit obviously the bird poo kit or whatever you call it which is uh, one of the most iconic kits uh, of the 1990s, and a lot of people say worst kits. But as I always say, there are very few kits in the history of all kits that I say are worst because even the craziest are fun. There are a few, okay, there are a few exceptions, but uh, over the world, I'm not putting that Norwich one in there. No, not whatsoever, because I'm a big fan of that Norwich kit. So we talked to Ian uh, about the class of 1992 93. Uh, uh, before we get in that cheap plug for you all, actually, um, I've been working on something with my publisher. Um, where I normally produce Kick Magazine and Kick Extra Magazine, you may get for your kids. We just released this week, um, I believe it's this week, but the next few days, um, it's a book scene. So a book scene, basically a magazine like one of those glossy things you see uh, around the magazines, just to the side of the standard magazines. They're kind of books, but magazines, book scenes, if you will. Um, it's called Thirty Years of the Premier League. Now I've written this book scene, and it's a kind of season by season guide to thirty years. Of the, uh, of the biggest league in the world, as we've already coined that term. But it includes obviously a lot of 90s now during it as well, because we start in 1992, 93, and it goes all the way through the 90s, all the way up to the uh, 2021, 22 season, uh, which is the 30th season of the premier league as we celebrate the, the three decades that it's been going uh there's top fives in there there's greatest games there's a bit on kits uh as well as a bit of a quiz as well so if you like your quizzes go ahead and, and test yourself with 30 questions on 30 years of the premier league um, available with all good news the agent i imagine mainly your wh smith stores so look out for 30 years of the Premier League book scene. So I'm sure you enjoy what we've put together there, And I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode as well. Let's dig into another slice of still alive and kicking. There's still a few more to go at these as well. So we'll keep bashing them out um, sort of but week basis. And then we'll add another episode in if we can. Obviously, we did Football Italia at the back end of last week. So I hope you enjoyed our look back. Uh, with uh, Ed and Jonathan Gray, the man who written the book on Italian football as well. i you enjoy that. And we've got another one in the can ready to go this week as well. Won't tell you the theme just yet because we're still tr- trying to work it out actually, but enjoy that. But yes, let's get deep into Still Alive and Kick-In. This is Norwich City's Ian Butterworth. Enjoy. Before you get stuck into the brand new episode of Alive and In, I'm delighted to announce a partnership with the amazing Footy Devotion. Footy Devotion have a brilliant range of t-shirts, coasters, prints and mugs, all illustrated by the amazing team at Footy Devotion and inspired by the 1990s as well, with a special range dedicated to Italia 19. And because you listen to Alive and In, the original 1990s football podcast, you can get 10% off your order. Simply use the code AK90s at the checkout and you'll get 10% off. That's AK90s. So AK90S and 10% off your order. Jobs are good. Check out Footy Devotion on Twitter at Footy Devotion and the whole range. I've got a few myself. I've got the brilliant 3pm sweatshirt. I'm looking at a brilliant QPR print kit I've got on my wall. And there's loads and loads to choose from, from World Cups to clubs and many, many more. So check out Footy Devotion. And as always, Keep it 90s. Uh, let me tell you about them just before sort of being at Norwich before that sort of 1992. I mean, you were at the club since 1986. What was it like? It kind of became your club. What was it like to be in the progression under Dave Stringer at that period in that sort of late 80s, early 90s period?
1: Yeah, well, we, we I thought, you know, we, we were building, we were building a team and the team had, um, just before that, the premiership years, we'd, um, we'd got a team, a group of players had been together for about six or seven seasons, you know, Ian Culverhouse, Mark Bowen, Brian Gunn, myself, um, Jeremy Goss and everything. So we were building a team together and all of a sudden, you know, we were, we were virtually like a, a, a mid table side, you know, and then um, Around that early nineties, Mike Walker came in and, and and you know, uh Chris Sutton came in, Effinukuku, Mark Robbins, Rul Fox, there was, you know and We added a little bit more. We were always renowned for playing football, good yeah. football. Um, but then we had a bit more of a threat up top, you know, with a bit yeah. of pace with with Chris Sutton and Effinukuku and and Foxy. Um you know, and then it sort of we had a good season. That actually, it was, it was a lucky year when when the, when the Sky came in because I think we we finished third that 92-93 season, which was probably I think it's the the best season, highest place the the club has ever finished. Yeah. Um. So it brought us a little bit of luck. But before that, we you know we'd always played good football. We you know had some good players. We sold players on and things. And um, it was a it was a, it was a good club to play for. A really good club to play for. Um, you know, my children were born down there. I spent, you know, eight and a half, eight and a half seasons there. So, you know, um got a lot of memories there and a lot of affection for Norwich, you know. So um when this sky came around, it was uh, it was it was fabulous really, because it really injected a lot of finance into the English game into the English league it enabled clubs to, to keep hold of the best players, it Enabled clubs to go into your, Euro, into European football and, and and attract the best players as well. And so it really did give um, clubs a, a big foothold, I thought, you know, um, and then it went from strength to strength from there, didn't it really?
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, just going back slightly to that season before 92, 93 under Dave Stringer, what, what went wrong? Cause he obviously left the club and the Norwich struggled that season. What, was it just his time had been up and it needed a fresh him to take that yeah I
1: think so Dave was Dave Dave was great he was a local boy and he'd done really well and I think a lot of the players had had enjoyed playing under him and um he was great for me personally for development of my game um and he was really he was a he's a good he's a good guy as well footballing guy and uh, yeah he probably needed a, a freshen up a little bit you know and um you know, we hadn't had the best of seasons and then obviously Mike came in, um, John Dean was assistant and um, it seemed to, it, we had a good couple of good seasons there, you know, obviously with the finishing third in 92 and then um, we had the UFA Cup running in 93, uh, beating the Mighty Bay Munich. So, you know, it was a couple of good uh, seasons for a small club like us really, it was just a provincial club stuck out there in Norfolk, you know, so. It, you know, we'll
0: get to that. We'll get to that here Don't worry. I mean, what what did Mike Walker bring? because I've always found Mike Walker a, a very curious case because he really had that that bit in the nineties at Norwich, obviously, and they didn't quite work out at Everton. But then you didn't really hear from him. What what did he bring that summer that in ninety two that changed and and. I know you mentioned the players that came in. That gave you something. I think
1: he gave, a, gave us a lot of confidence. You know, he'd been there as a reserve team guy under Dave and everything. And I think he saw what was happening. And he saw they just, I think it was just that it was the right time that the players just came together and and gelled as a, a real, you know, a decent team at, at the time, you know. Um, we weren't, the be- we, well, we weren't the best team, but we, we, you know, we enjoyed playing together. We had some good players and I think he just brought belief and confidence saying that, come on, let's we, let's try and compete against the big boys. You know what I mean? We don't need to get beat three or four all the time, you know, so let's have a go. Um, and he was pretty, um, he was pretty methodical, you know, he's what I would say a disciplinarian, but he expected players to do the jobs like most managers, you know. So I think it was just the belief and the camaraderie he, he, um, he brought to the squad.
0: Mm. And what were the expectations going into that season? Because we'll and we'll know what happened, and we'll talk about the third place. But I mean, it was a new big Premier League season, or all, all the dressing had changed. I mean, it was the yeah. same league, but it'd been dressed.
1: Yeah, brand. Yeah, new brand. Yeah, I think it was just a, it's a matter of just maybe first thing you make sure you stay up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you stay up in the league. You, you know, it, it was the it was the best league, the first division, the old first division. You wanted to stay there, so it was just just really trying to um getting that top 10 kind of thing because you know that's where we probably kind of pitched ourselves really and then really that season um it was strange how it came about really because on the opening day i don't know if you remember i mean, we were two 0 down at arsenal at half time
0: robbins yeah
1: and then mark robbins we scored after the after in the second half and we tightened up a little bit the back because we were getting the run around in the first half and then all of a sudden we ended up 2-1 2-2 3-2 and we went in 4-2 and then the next game, I'm sure, I think it was Chelsea uh, at home. We, we won 2-1 and everything went from, from there, really. That confidence was, you know, talking about we, what, sort of what Mike Walker was trying to inject into us. We just started believing ourselves a bit more and you get a pick up a result and then that builds that momentum and you, 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 you're off and running then a little bit, you know. And um, you'll probably tell me if I'm wrong now. I think we were about seven or eight points clear going into the Christmas leading the leading the, the 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 premiership for the for the you know for a club like Norwich it was it, it was it was great but um and then all of a sudden we had a bad Christmas and then Man United quarters and and Villa quarters and we ended up finishing third which was still remarkable and and, and getting a place in Europe so really it was uh you know on, on that August I think what was the 14th round that you know at half time we were two nil down and you know and It could have been we could have got beat there and then beat the next day and then struggled. But for some reason, we got a good result. Mark Robbins got a fabulous hat-trick and um, it kicked us off from there. Yeah,
0: let's talk about the advert then. I mean, when did you first hear about it? How, because I've been quite interested to when speaking to the guys, how each player was chosen.
1: Was it it the captains? It was the captains, wasn't it?
0: It wasn't all of yeah. them, so I thought that as well. Some of them weren't actually captains,
1: um. So I oh, I was I was led to believe it was a captain's, ri- oh, yeah, right? Capt- yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all. That's why I went down there, and um, yeah, just heard about it, and it was it was thinking, great, you know, this is, you know, you're playing a little part in this this new history of the, of, the, of the football league. So um, you're you're around at the right time, I suppose. But um, I should imagine more some people like the the exposure on TV and the advert, the, the other people, really. So we all went down there to London and we did a little bit and it was nice to see the rest of the lads and had a bit of a laugh and a bit of a giggle about it. And, um, you know, it was there, wasn't it? It was the promo. Probably looking back now, it's a little bit dated and a little bit cheesy. But, um hey, you know, at the time, um, you know, they wanted to do that. So it was good fun to do. It was good to see the other lads as well. So, yeah, it went well. Did you, was it kind of of others I spoke
0: to, they knew some of the players, there were some bigger voices?
1: I, yeah, I knew most of the players. Yeah, I didn't know, I knew most of the players. Yeah, Um oh, because obviously yeah. you played against them before and, yeah. and that's it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good, good fun. I got a bit of stick from the, uh, the Norwich boys when yeah. I got back there. I mean, some people like the advert more than, you know, they, they like to, you know, posing there and everything but um no I had a few appearances in the advert but um yeah it was good to take part it was a little bit fun and brings back memories I always say now I mean I'm I've been married for a few years now and I've got grandchildren and everything you know when that song comes on it always takes me back <laughs> yeah. to that advert yeah. it always does you know it was a, it was a great memory for, for me and um it was a pleasure to be part of it really but when you hear that alive and kicking it does it got you go back to it and um You know, and they're the best days of your life when you're playing professional football. I'm lucky to be still in the industry. I've been a coach and I'm in the recruitment industry now. But, um, you know, they're the best days of your life when you're playing. And um, it does, as soon as you hear it, it just takes me back.
0: You got. I, I was watching the advert again this morning. I think you got off slightly lightly because there's a lot of shower scenes in it. Um, yeah. Do you remember those at the time? Because I, I. Yeah. Was, I there's there's a few
1: shower t- scenes. <laughs> I think I was in the background the shower scenes. I got. I was on the coach a few times and and, yeah. and, and and in the tunnel. But I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get on the. Um, I remember. Was it John Walk and Andy Ritchie? They were on the machines, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looked a bit cheesy, like I said, but yeah. I mean, it, it was That's good fun. fun.
0: Yeah, I think that's why. I mean, because it summed up the time. You know, we were all It excited. did, yeah.
1: Dead right, and it's a good and it's a good tune in it. I mean, it was a yeah, good tune right, as well yeah. at the time. You know, and then and I remember that the, the the dancing girls as well, the Sky Girls at of course, yeah, yeah, half time and before the game and everything, all the razzmatazz. And it just glamorized English football, didn't it? And yeah. and to be fair, they've done a remarkable job, haven't they? Oh, Since then. It, you know, it's it's changed. It's changed the way every you know everybody looks at soccer, and um, they keep on coming up with new things, don't they? And and I think they really present it really well. Um, I mean, there must be some audience. Must be globally.
0: Oh, totally. Know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's a there's a moment in the advert as well where I they, you just catch he's chatting to Tim Sherwood. Was that naturally, or they told you to just.
1: Mock, no, I think I was sitting next to Tim because Tim had been with us at Norwich and he before yeah. he went to Blackburn, so I knew Tim quite well. So I think we're just sitting the coach going down there and having a chat away, yeah, yeah, good lad, Tim, yeah,
0: yeah. I wondered that we'll try to get hold of Tim actually, he's on my list. So if you have any tips to get hold of Tim, then uh, do possible,
1: um, for yeah, okay. I've i have got his. I'm seen for well, oh, I have seen for years, yeah, like you say, sometimes you, you just don't see people, and yeah, yeah, all yeah. you bump into him three times in a week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And also, about the kit because the Norwich kit that season is is one of those remembered. It's kind of a cult classic. Well, that was that one of the first times you would saw that kit going into that season? That the classic. I mean, it's been called speckled, it's been called bird poo. Yeah, I don't know
1: what your it was of,
0: the, of that Norwich kit at the time.
1: Hey, we had, we had no say in our kit. Ash. No, no problem, mate. It was, you know, what I mean, it was um, it was a bit different, wasn't it? That, that yeah. Speckledy green, liney thing on on, on, the, on the yellow on the yellow background. Um, yeah, but like you say you have to wear it don't you and that's it but um, it was a bit different
0: it was different and not many you know I
1: mean yellow and green what what can you do yeah. with yellow and green
0: I think for Norwich it always stands out more because they are yellow and green I think their kits always there are not many templates in the world that are yellow and green true.
1: Yeah true um stands out a bit yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But um, no, they've had different designs over the years, haven't they, really? and um, But that was a bit, a little bit special, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> it wasn't that? It was special. Um, and then, I mean, going back to the, the season as well that it led into, 92-93, um, you mentioned being many points clear. Did you, as captain as well, did you ever take yourself in that man thinking you were title contenders and you um... could lifting that first Premier League trophy?
1: Well, we did. We, I suppose, when it got towards Christmas, you know, you still got a lot of points to play for, and nah, I suppose not really. I'm just, I'm, I can't speak on the rest of the lads, but when you talk to one or two of the lads who, are, who are still, who were still, see, I just imagine it was just keep going, keep going. You know, we just, we couldn't believe we were there, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and then we had a few points clear as well, and you're thinking, well, maybe we should have probably strengthened at Christmas. Maybe that was maybe a couple of players in, but obviously we didn't have the finances what the bigger clubs had. But I'm sure I'm, I can't remember now. We we probably needed a couple of players in just to give it a little bit of an injection, a little bit of a lift, yeah. and just keep it just keep the momentum going. And like you say, the Christmas period is a period where you you, you know suddenly you can you can lose that momentum um, and throw away points, which we did. I think you know you, you can quickly win three games over Christmas and you're nine points, or you could you know. You can just pick up two points, and then um, I think that's what happened to us. I can't remember the games at Christmas now, but. Um, there's, one,
0: there's one win over the Christmas period against Wimbledon, and then it was a, a defeat to May United, which I think was on the telly, actually, if I remember rightly. Um, and yeah. It was a quite big game because you were both obviously going for the title, and I think maybe that yeah. was the moment that May United would slowly started to. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I remember Wimbledon. Yeah. and yeah, we So we didn't pick many up, did we?
0: Not in that period, no, but
1: I mean... You know, and, that's what, and then obviously we tried to pick our momentum up a bit again, yeah. but we obviously couldn't. But um, finishing third was... Um, oh, it was amazing. Was, was very, very good for, like I say, for a, for a small team. And, um, you know, um, it was a good time, a good period to play in really, you know.
0: What was, what was your favourite moment from that season? Well, obviously, we'll talk about Munich in a second, but from that season in particular, that first season of the Premier League, do you, could you pick out a favourite moment of that, that ride to third place?
1: I think it was... Um, I think it was probably that Arsenal game, yeah. as well as much as bad as we were playing in the first half, we turned it around and Robbo scored that hat trick, and it just gives a bit of a lift. And and then going into the Chelsea game, another win, you know, and and I think it was just being part of probably being part of the season where you know it, this is a new thing, you know, um, Sky had come into f- to football, we you know the the, the Premiership was formed and. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a great for a, Norwich, for a Norwich play. It was great to be involved with, and um, you know, and then to finish third, to think you know, all that hard work, what had been done to finish third was was um, was remarkable for us, really. And then, um, and then, and then the next season, I'm sure we finished about tenth, eleventh, but we had a little bit of a flutter in the Ufa Cup, and that was another um, good season for us. So there was no really. Thing in memory, but I remember being at Arsenal two 0 down, and we turned it around. and We were thinking, "Hey, come on, you know, we let's believe in ourselves a bit, you know." And then we picked a few points up, and um it went from there. But um yeah, to finish third, great.
0: It's almost a sliding doors moment that Arsenal game, isn't it? If you'd been battered that opening day, you, you, you know, Munich might not happened. You just you just don't know, do you? It's quite. It's one of well, you- exactly,
1: yeah, yeah. And then, you know, in any sport, you know, confidence is a big thing, you know, and you have to get off to a good start, you know. And usually, you'll you'll find this weekend. You know there'll be a few shot results, but then them teams who can can win three or four games, you know, in the first month, that gives them a little bit of belief and look, and they and you can go on for a decent run, can't you?
0: Let's quickly talk about Munich as well, then, because I can't not talk to Ian Butterworth about talking about probably the greatest game in Norwich's
1: history. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: it's got its own Wikipedia page, which I think is brilliant. It's like a game in <laughs> itself has got its own Wikipedia page. I mean, what was it like to play in? The build-up just, and then the win. Jeremy Goss's goal, obviously. Mark Bowen that yeah. always gets forget forgotten. But what does yeah. about Munich?
1: Oh well, it was it was. Um, we're, we're, here we are. I've say this small team from Norwich playing Bayern Munich. You know, and um. um at their place and, and, and us getting a win, it was, it was truly, it was, it was unbelievable, really. Um, you know, we, we didn't expect it. We thought, you know, most people have probably thought we we're going to get beat by a couple of goals. But, um, you know, to win over there 2-1 was great and, and Gossie scored a great goal. And, and like you say, Mark Bowen's goal gets forgotten about. And um, yeah, we were under the caution a little bit and we were on the back foot. But I thought we, overall, we, We we got out of it and uh, we we made a good account of ourselves and then obviously the home leg and um, you know absolutely fantastic to 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 beat them and we beaten beaten Zarnum in the first round and then narrowly got beaten by Inter Milan over two legs. Um, Myself, Ian Crook and I think Culverhouse didn't play in the uh, the second leg, Um, but uh, and that was painful watching from the stands. But um, you know we we made a good account of ourselves. But like you said, it was it was terrific to beat Bayern Munich, you know and. because they they had a great record at home.
0: Yeah, I think you were the first British team to win there. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
1: Obviously, they've moved stadiums now. I've been to the new stadium quite a few times in the role of scouting and everything. But um, yeah, that uh, the old ground. Yeah, they had an unbelievable uh, record, didn't they? So, and that was a good night after as well. You know, you've got to to say, to, you to got to celebrate. Tonight? You know, I don't know how we got home really, but we, it was a late night. You know, everyone was in good spirits, and we forgot. Someone said, "Oh, we've got Sheffield." I don't know. Well, we had a home away game on the Saturday, I think, as well, somewhere. So. It was back It was back uh, to Norwich on the Thursday. And then we, I think we were travelling on the Friday. I'm not sure who we played now. I don't know if you've got it there.
0: I'm trying to think. So you played them on the, the 20th, what, to West Ham, I think it was.
1: Was it West Ham? West Ham, yeah. Was that away?
0: No, it was at home, actually. Oh, it was at
1: home, was it? Right, OK. Yeah. okay. Yeah. It was only
0: three days later, though. So maybe, yeah, it would have been yeah. a quick turnaround. Was guess.
1: that a Saturday? Was yeah. that a Saturday, yeah. yeah. What score was that?
0: Nil-nil, I think. So he did okay, all right. did do, we we do, right. we
1: do well get a clean sheet then after the <laughs> celebrations.
0: <laughs> he was leading those. Who was always the big leader in those sort of celebrations of that Norwich squad?
1: I think we were all, you know, Big Gunny was Big Gunny, my mate and everything. And there was, was a lot everybody, really, you know, I mean, uh, Mark Bowen and Ian Crook and all, all, the, all the lads, really. Um, Spencer Pryor was there and um, Foxy uh gossy yeah yeah there's good set of lads and it was good to play like i said it was good to play in that era for norwich
0: you left norwich that season and then you know you had an interesting sort of second afterlife. like like you know you tried your luck at king's Ling, you went to america i think for yeah
1: I, I, had, I had an accident off the field yeah i had an accident off the field and uh, it finished my it finished my sort of playing career in in, in england really so um um, yeah, it was an, it kind of like uh, I couldn't play again in the Premier League through through insurance reasons and things, so um, yeah, so I went off and uh, I was lucky enough to get onto into the MLS.
0: What was
1: that? A, a new, yeah, great, great experience playing yeah. against some really good players around, yeah, and took my, took my family over there. I thought I'd be there longer than one year, I think I was there about just over 12 months uh met a lot of people contacts enjoyed enjoyed uh, the lifestyle and and then and, and the football as well so um yeah that was that was interesting uh, just about uh, could manage to play really cuz I had an injury to me knee um but it was great and um you know still contact in contact with people today you know from from there
0: last thing i want to ask you in is that i have been asking all the guys as well i mean what moment cuz you're someone else you played in the first division and you saw the change in the Premier League when for you did did you notice the, the change because I always think the 90s is kind of the decade that changed football forever because yeah. a snapshot of 90 and 99 is so different what was it for you was the first time you go okay things are changing here what What, what was it for you?
1: Well it was, it was all the players the European players coming over we could attract all the best the, you know the best European players you know financially they were coming over and then that obviously improved the uh, improved the league didn't it um so i mean i don't know um how many european players played in that first weekend it was, I, think,
0: I think it's about 10 or 11 i've seen that yeah, oh, yeah. it's very small
1: some, yeah i had it about around about a dozen players yeah. were involved you can imagine what it's like now how it's gone from there you know so you know they helped the premier league didn't they yeah all them players a little bit you know we had some we had some good players here of course but then You know, the best European players bringing in their knowledge and tactical prowess and the managers coming and coaches. It just made this Premier League all singing, all dancing and and the best league in the world. And it still isn't it, you know?
0: I always remember that's that because my hero growing up as a QPR fan was Roy Wegerley. And he's one of those. I think he was playing for Coventry at the time. So he's one of those foreigners.
1: Oh, no, Roy, I played with him in America.
0: Yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah. We I spoke played,
1: to him last Christmas, actually. Oh, yeah. We played at, Col- um, he came to the Colorado Rapids. Of course, he did. He did it, and he was a star. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he's a, he's a big star in America. Got on yeah. with Roy well. Yeah. Bobby Houghton was the manager. And that's, yeah, Roy was on the team. Yeah. We had myself. We um, also was Chris Woods. Oh, right. Um, Marcelo Balboa was like the American yeah. captain at the time. I remember. Yeah. Um, Sean Bartlett was a player for South Africa. So, yeah. And I know Roy. Yeah. Good lad, Roy.
0: Now he's a good, very good
1: golfer. Very good golfer. Yeah, well
0: he tried his hand at it, didn't he? Well, he's been a bit alone yeah. actually with media because we had no one had heard from him for a very long time. And I managed to track him down sort of the back end of last year and he yeah he in an interview for for another book. I keep your book I'm actually working on separately as well. So yeah, it was good to yeah, it was a bit of a I was a bit of a start fan because he was my hero growing up and I was Yeah, like, he's oh, a good and,
1: player. Roy had some natural skill. Roy could yeah. go, Roy could beat a player. Yeah. You know, he's a good player, Roy, but he liked his golf and then like you say, I, I, I learned a few years ago that he was he was taken a bit serious, yeah, wasn't he? I mean,
0: Ticket, yeah, he became well pro for a little while, but he's he's doing some coaching in, in the States now. So uh, is he? yeah, so no it's good stuff. Um right, yeah. and, and yourself, you, as we said at the top of the call, you're at Burnley now. Is is that yeah, at the
1: moment, yeah, at the moment, yeah. I'm at Burnley, yeah. enjoying myself and um like yeah, another challenge is coming on to the season and uh
0: Okay you
1: great. And, and you know, really any help. Yeah.
0: That'd be brilliant. Thank you very much Ian. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. All Thanks the best. Bye bye.